I got to experience living in Prague for about a month, month and a half. And that was just an incredible experience for me. I mean, that's what ultimately led me to be in this field and to make this my career path. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. This is Marcy Bullock, the creator of a podcast which helps college students who are seeking a fulfilling, healthy, and successful work and personal life. This season, we are focusing on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be. Enjoy. Hello, Wolfpack fans. I'm so excited that today we're going to talk about the global world and getting an opportunity to go outside of your comfort zone to another part of the planet. And I have none other than Seth Parrish, our Associate Director for the NC State Study Abroad Office. Hi, Seth. Hey, Marcy. Thanks for having me here today. I am so excited about this conversation and thank you for making time. We are really wanting to enlighten the student population about opportunities to go to other countries and experience new things and come back with this global perspective. So share with us a little bit about what the Study Abroad Office is, their mission and how it can help students. Sure, so Study Abroad is I think one of the best experiences that a student can have. Um, And I think this is what we hear time and time again from our students. When they come back, they say, this is, this was the experience that really kind of defined my time at NC State for me, for for a lot of students. So we're sort of the gateway to the world for our students um, that are interested in doing four credit travel abroad as part of your studies here at NC State. So through our office, you can do all kinds of different types of programs. You can do a very short-term program. So you could do something like a winter break or a spring break. Um, You could do a summer program. Those tend to be our most popular programs. So a lot of our students will do our faculty-led NC State programs that will normally take place somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, four to six weeks throughout the course of summer, sometimes more towards the beginning, like May semester, sometimes later in the summer. And then we also have the opportunity for students to do a full semester or even an academic year. Um, And so a full semester, a student might do an exchange program where they switch places with a student from a foreign institution, and that's a much more sort of independent experience. Um, And then the full academic year is just doing that, but two full semesters. That's a lot of possibilities, like you said, from short term to an entire year abroad. And why do you think it's important for students to do this? I know you have your own personal story about why you got into the field. Yeah, so I would say it comes down to academic, uh, personal, and professional goals. Um, so study abroad is really focused to be academic first. It's it's not a vacation, even though students have an amazing time. The core of this is really making sure that students are able to get something that really benefits their uh their career plan, their academic goals. For the personal aspect of it, I can speak to that from my own experience. So I studied abroad at NC State when I was in a master's program a long time ago, uh, back in 2008. I got to experience living in Prague for about a month, month and a half. And that was just an incredible experience for me. I mean, that's what ultimately led me to be in this field and to make this my career path. And then that I think leads into the the final goal there, which is the career benefits that you get from study abroad is something that I think is really hard to match elsewhere. Um, When students are finished with their degree and they're trying to get out into the world and be applying for jobs, 
you're going to have a huge advantage over other applicants if you're a very similar applicant. If you've had that opportunity to go abroad, you can speak to the experiences that you had outside of the country. Um, I know for me, study abroad has come up in every interview I've ever had. Um, it's something that really shows your ability to be adaptable, to work with uh, folks from all over the world, different cultures, different languages. And um, so I think combined that makes study abroad something that's going to benefit every student. Uh, you are speaking my language, Seth, especially when you talk about career goals and making yourself stand out for the future. But I also want to dive into the personal side because there's definitely not a chance when you are here in your safe comfort zone to experience things that you would if you fly somewhere new that you've never been. You talked about adaptability, flexibility. Can you talk a little bit more about cultural awareness and how that plays into study abroad and why it matters? Absolutely. Um, so just like you said, if you spend all four years in Raleigh, you're obviously going to have great experiences here. You're going to meet a lot of wonderful students from different backgrounds, but it's not the same as spending a few weeks or a month or a semester in another country where you might not be someone who can speak the language that's there. And you have to adapt to that. You have to understand what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes that's experiencing that maybe here back in the United States. Um, you have an opportunity to see how people do things differently abroad. And I think really question, why do we do things that way here? When you are studying abroad, it really forces you to get outside of your comfort zone and to have to really explore who you are as a person and why. Um, and I think that's something that causes you to grow as a person, maybe more in just a few weeks than you might in months or years here in Raleigh. I think that is so true. I got a chance to take a group of students to Santiago, Chile for a summer, and they just came back completely different people. It was amazing to watch the transformation. What are some interesting stories you've heard from students about their experiences? And I know you said it's not all just about vacation, but sometimes it's fun, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the that's sort of the common thing among all of our students is that they almost all have an amazing time abroad. Um, I'm the person in our office who collects the program evaluations, and the average rating for a study abroad program is 9 out of 10. And so that's on average. So most students are having a really great time while they're abroad. Um, there's a few different types of programs, like I mentioned, that students can do. And so the types of experiences that students have had. So, for example, um, we have a veterinary medicine um, animal science program that goes to South Africa. And students get to uh, shadow the experiences uh, with a veterinary um, professional who's down there working with large animals. That's something that they would never be able to do here in Raleigh. Um, we have internship programs, so students get to go to Prague or London and be set up with an internship and actually get that really valuable experience while they are abroad in Europe. Um, we have programs like Hanyang in South Korea. So that's a summer program. It's like about a month or so. Students can choose from over, uh, I think, 100 different course options, and that has things from you know, very sort of challenging courses like physics for engineers to K-pop dance on the other side of it. Um, so, wow. you know, how else are you going to do that, you know, here at NC State? And then, of course, a student can spend uh, a full semester, you know, going somewhere like Lund in Sweden and getting to uh, just have amazing experiences there while they're taking courses in history or, you know, various other humanities. Um, so it's 
I, we could talk all day about the different types of experiences I think that students could have while they're abroad. It sounds like there's something for everyone, either, like you said, studying and experiencing the actual immersion in that society and also the living aspect of it where you're communicating with people with other languages. So how does it work, Seth? Does a student have to come in and say the country they want? Do they have to have a GPA? Or what if they just don't know where to start asking questions or just like, I think I want to go somewhere? So that's a great question. And that's how a lot of students come to us just saying, I've heard about study abroad. I think it's interesting. It sounds great, but I don't know where I can go or what courses are going to work for me or how much it's going to cost. So like, please help me get started. So our website is the best place to go to get started on that information. We have a video series called Study Abroad 101 that students should start there. That'll give you all the basic information that you're going to want to have as far as different types of programs, some information on the sort of costs and financial aid, which I'll be happy to talk more about that if we want to get into that later. Um, and just sort of like, there's so many options. Where do I go from here? Um, and then depending on the type of program that the students end up doing, they may end up meeting with a study abroad advisor that can sort of walk through the specifics with them even more. Um, but we have a huge breadth of information available online. And I'd say that's the place to start for all of your informational needs when you're just saying, I want to study abroad, but I don't know how. I love that. And we will link to your site. Obviously, it's an easy one, studyabroad.ncsu.edu. So students can dive into this wonderful video series. And I also love that you have student stories that are highlighted with beautiful pictures. And yeah, let's talk a little bit about the funding, um, scholarships, as well as loans. What kinds of options are there? So for study abroad in our office, we've really made it a priority to try to make this as affordable as possible. The reality is that it depends a lot on the type of program that a student is interested in doing. In some cases, it can be cheaper to study abroad than it can be here in Raleigh. In some cases, it can be potentially very expensive. Um, and so our office has our own scholarship process that we have students apply for. They apply well in advance of when they would potentially be going abroad. So if you're interested in study abroad, you need to start looking at this information potentially like six months in advance, just so that you're aware that it's out there. You don't want to miss any deadlines. But we have a single application. Students can apply for potentially 20 to 30 different scholarships through this one application and be eligible for this year. It was over $700,000 in awards. Um, that is a huge amount of funding that we have. And we are able to make that work through generous contributions from a lot of our campus partners. Um, from donors, uh, from the chancellor. So Randy Woodson has been instrumental in making sure that we're able to get really the appropriate level of funding that we can for our students. Um, so as long as you apply for that, don't miss those deadlines. That's a really important starting piece. But beyond that, any of your financial aid that you have at NC State can generally travel with you when you study abroad. So that's an important part as mm -hmm. well. So if you have a financial aid package, you can typically use that to study abroad and you, so you can potentially get financial aid from other sources, combine that with scholarships and financial aid through us. There's other opportunities on campus. So like if you're an engineering student, there's the EYE Engineer Your Experience uh, Travel Awards. You apply through our process for those. You can get those on top to cover your airfare. Um, and so students can come up with a sort of package that then makes study abroad become much more affordable for them. That's cool. And so I'm just curious to dive into what percentage of students get an award? Because like you said, six months ahead, some students are kind of last minute, so they're going to sure. miss it. 
but overall, is it does it finance like half of their trip or the whole trip? So it it depends a lot because the costs vary so much. It's kind of hard to say like what percentage gets covered. Um, it also depends on the the you know the circumstances of the individual student. Some students will just naturally have more competitiveness for some types of awards than others. Um, and some departments and colleges that participate in this give their students an advantage because there's just more money available for those students that they don't have to compete with as many other students for. But what I will say is the average student that gets an award through us, it's typically been uh, $1,800 or $1,900 um, in the last year. So that's not going to cover a full study abroad in a lot of cases, but it's going to make it much more affordable. Um, it's, and that, remember, can be combined with other financial aid to then potentially close the gap even more. That's really a lot of funding. That is so awesome that so many people are donating to this. So let's say if you're a lower income student, it would be something that you shouldn't rule out. Absolutely. I think we have a lot of students that self-select out because they just say, this is something I can't afford. And like, it's for other people. It's not for me. Um, the reason why we have this scholarship process that we manage in-house is because we don't think that it should be that way. Um, there's a lot of other study abroad offices around the country, in fact, the majority of them that don't get as involved in the financial aid part of it as much as we do. But we do that specifically because we want to help reach those students that you're talking about. So how many students study abroad per year? So the asterisk here is that the numbers dipped a lot during COVID. Um, so pre-COVID, we were looking at between 1,600 and 1,700 students per year. Um, and remember, this is credit bearing only. Um, and so during COVID, obviously it dropped quite a bit. We were not able to send students. Um, but now this past year, we've actually gotten back to pre-COVID numbers. We're actually slightly ahead of that. So we're approaching 1,700 students abroad in a year, which we're really, really happy with, um, especially given that we were down to basically zero a couple of years back. Absolutely. You have gotten to the, the pre-COVID numbers. And I guess we're not post-COVID, wherever we are mm -hmm. with COVID. But it sounds like there is a lot of interest is there any difference depending on what college you're in, or is there a study abroad for all of the 11 colleges at NC State? Great question. So every student can, can find a program that will work for you to study abroad. Um, some colleges have more options than others. Um, for example, um, the Poole College of Management has their own um, global programs uh, unit that will allow them to have very customized programs that work really well for their students. Um, there's other students from different colleges where there might be a specific study abroad program that runs through our office where um, that's been tailored to their needs. Um, there may be some students where they've had more experience uh, or, or better experiences um, doing a semester abroad. And so because we offer so many different types of programs, we can find something that will work for everybody. That's great. So is there any college that is really high, like, oh, students in this college do it a lot and is there a college where you're really trying to get more people excited about it because they haven't used it as much as you would like? Sure. So I would say because of the resources they've put into it, Pool has, has done a really good job of increasing their study abroad enrollment. Also, the College of Design, um, even though it's not a huge college, their percentage has always been the highest as effectively since they've had what used to be the Prague Institute and is now the European Center in Prague. That was originally part of the College of Design. So they had you know, close to 100% of their students studying abroad at various points. Um, on the other side of things, we do see a decent number of engineering students, but not as many as we would like. And so we're working on 
trying to build out options that work really well for those students. Obviously, they have you know, pretty rigid coursework. And so historically, it's been a bit of a challenge to get them abroad. So we're working to increase access to financial resources, but also making sure that they have um, the sort of academic plan abroad that will allow them to be successful. Oh, that's amazing. Some of those majors are hard because their coursework is so structured. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're diving into that a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about your identity-based resources? Yes. So on our website, something that I would recommend that everybody check out is our um, the identity-based resources that we have. And those are uh, a number of different categories that um, uh, we've prepared for students. Um, we think it's really important that we reach students from as many different types of backgrounds as possible. Again, to what I was talking about before, we don't want students to self-select out because they say, well, study abroad is not for me. It's not for people from my type of background, people that look like me, people that have my experiences. We want that to be something that is available to everybody. And so I would definitely highly recommend that you check out on our website, identity-based experiences or uh, resources, um, because there's something there, I think, for just about every student. I didn't even know about this. And I think it's so amazing. Like you said, there's pictures of people that might look like you based on your identity. And it's really cool because you can search it based on, you know, your gender or you can search it based on your race and ethnicity or your sexual preference. And um, if you're first generation college students, this is amazing. Um, even if you're a student athlete, I love it. And what? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say a, a huge credit for that goes to uh, the folks in our office that maintain this, that have made this a priority, and also some of the folks that are no longer uh, with us anymore, but that really, this is something that a lot of study abroad offices around the country haven't done, but they've seen us and have maybe started doing it once they've they've seen how effective this can be for students. Um, so just a big shout out to our team for um, to making this a priority. Yes, it's always a team effort, and it sounds like you all are trailblazers nationally doing things that other universities are trying to imitate. So this is our last question. What else would you like students to know who may feel just a little overwhelmed about this mm -hmm. whole process of thinking about going abroad? Sure. So I would say it can feel overwhelming when we have so many different options. We can say, you know, the world is open to you. Go where you want to go well, the world's a big place, right? So it can feel a little bit overwhelming. I would say the main thing is to make sure that you are trying to plan as far advance as possible. If you're thinking, like, let's say you're coming into NC State, you're a freshman or a sophomore, you're early in this, you're thinking, well, I might do that in a year or two, I'll think about it then. I would really recommend that you start looking into things now. It's gonna make it a lot easier as far as planning not just academically and financially, but just sort of preparing yourself for the things that you need to do to go outside of the country and be successful and have a have a great time. Um, beyond that, if you are a junior or a senior and you're saying, well, it's a little late for me to do that now, you can still absolutely make it happen. Um, definitely look at the resources on our website um, and reach out to our office if you still have other questions. We're happy to help any student because we want to make this a reality for everybody at NC State. That's helpful to know. And is there any kind of fair or big event that students can go to if they're just beginning? Or is that 101 video the right place to start? So the 101 video is an excellent place to start. We do have a study abroad fair that will happen in uh, typically October of every year. 
And that's a great opportunity for you to be able to come. You can talk to uh, somebody from each of the programs, um, each of our faculty-led programs generally. And I think this year we're going to have even more resources for students interested in a semester abroad as well. Um, so it's really going to be built out to be even more robust than it has been in the past. Um, so put that on your calendar. Just be aware that as we get closer to October, it's a long way away now um, at, at the time of you know when we're talking about this in May. Um, but that's going to be, um, I would say, absolutely one of the best things that you can do as far as figuring out you know, how can study abroad work for me. That's awesome. And Seth, just to close us out, what was the biggest thing that shaped you when you did your study abroad in Prague? I, I have maybe an interesting answer to that question. It was the culture shock. So when I first got to Prague, I was very unhappy for the first like two days because I had heard about culture shock. I, you know, I knew that it was a thing that existed, but I got over there I couldn't speak the language. I didn't know how to talk to anybody. I didn't know how to go to the grocery store and get food. Um, and I, you know, I'm historically like pretty introverted person. And I was like, I just don't know what to do. Um, and the experience of then going from that and then within a few days, acclimating, you know, getting to know my uh, my classmates that then became my friends that are now my friends, you know, so many years later. Um, I realized what a valuable experience that was for me and how life-changing that was. And I wanted other students to have that opportunity. Oh, what a great story. And I know the introverts can relate to that because it is seeming like something that maybe would be too hard to do, but playing it small and safe was said by no one at the end of their life. So congrats to you for taking that risk and giving so many students this opportunity. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Mercy.